This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Here in my hometown of Cleveland, we have a world-class science center that I've been to many times, many times, many, many, many times. So fortunately, they're always changing around the exhibits, you know, so those of us who are frequent flyers can continue to be stimulated and interested in what's going on there. So one season, they had an exhibit about fear, and it was a study on the biological and physiological responses and causes of fear in animals and humans. It was actually pretty fascinating. So there was this one hands-on exhibit where you could get strapped to a board and the board would suddenly fall, but you were cushioned by a mat when you got to the bottom. And as you were falling, a camera would snap an automatic picture of you, which would then be displayed on a loop to everyone else who was standing around and watching through the window. Now remember, you knew cognitively that nothing would happen to you and that you could not get hurt. Yet, every single face in every single picture was the absolute picture of abject fear. It was just biologically impossible to not feel visceral fear on your way down. So I'll admit that as I watched everyone go before me, I said to myself, well, I'm not going to scrunch up my face like that on the way down. I know that I'm perfectly safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Never say never. Fear and worry are powerful emotions that animate so much of what we do. In his book, Drop Dead Healthy, journalist and fellow member of the tribe, A.J. Jacobs, chronicles his experimentation with many different paths of wellness as he tries to make sense of which are true and which are quacks. One of the things he examines in his project is the effect of worry on your body. So he comes to the conclusion, not surprisingly, that worry is very, very bad for your health. Just another something to worry about. So he sets up a worry exchange. Now, apparently, there's some website online where you can sign up to trade worries with a stranger, where you'll worry about their fears and they'll worry about your fears. Now, the advantage of this, of course, is that somebody else's worry is not as emotionally taxing as yours. But I guess there's some comfort in knowing that your worries are being worried about so you don't need to worry about them dying of neglect. Yes, irony noted. So one of the cool things about Judaism is that we don't need to worry about worry because our worry exchange goes straight up to God. In many ways, this is really the essence of prayer because in prayer, we have the opportunity to throw our burden to God and lay our package of fears at his feet, so to speak. If we engage in prayer this way, we can experience powerful relief. See, one of the ways that people make themselves sick with worry is that they feel this outsized sense of responsibility for managing the universe, right? Somewhere hiding beneath the blankets of worry is an almost ridiculous assumption of control. The release of control and the decision to give over your worries to a higher power is a significant aspect of faith in Judaism. As they say, There are only two things you need to know about religion. Number one, there is a God. Number two, you're not it. 
But the problem with worry is that it involves intense preoccupation with the future in a way that jeopardizes our present. Worry makes it impossible for us to enjoy the moment because we are always concerned about the next moment. Author Leo Buscaglia says it well. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. Rabbi Eliezer Papo, a 19th century Bulgarian rabbi and scholar, even wrote a poem about worry. Here it is in Hebrew. It rhymes in Hebrew. He'avar ayin, ve'he'atid adayin, ve'hahove keheref ayin, daga minayin. Which means, the past is no longer, the future is not yet, and the present is like the blink of an eye. So why worry? In our Torah portion this week, Moses reassures the Jewish people not to worry when they are poised to enter the land of Israel because God will be with them. Listen to these timeless and powerful words. Perhaps you will say in your heart, these nations are more numerous than I. How will I be able to drive them out? Do not fear them. You shall remember what God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt, the great tests that your eyes saw, and the signs and wonders, the strong hand and outstretched arm with which God took you out. So shall God do to all the people before whom you fear. You shall not be broken before them, for God is among you, a great and awesome God. That's Deuteronomy chapter 7. And while this stirring promise is specific to Moses and his time and to the Jewish people's entry into the land of Israel, I think there's an important message here for all of us, that there will always be experiences in our lives that freak us out and things we cannot believe that we will be able to endure. But we have to remember that we're not traveling through this life alone. We are all part of a greater purpose, a greater nation. We are being guided by divine wisdom and divine strength. When my big kids were little, there was a book that we used to read to them that was one of their favorites. It was called Maishi's Monster. We especially loved this book because my oldest son's name is Moshe, and we had so much fun reading the book to him. In the book, there's a little monster who comes to town, and it turns out that he's just as afraid of everyone as they are of him. The monster befriends a little boy named Maishi, and they go grocery shopping together, but all the shoppers are completely freaked out by this monster, and the monster becomes so bewildered by the reaction that he starts pulling all the cereal boxes on top of him, until finally Maishi, the hero, turns to his monster and says, Don't worry, monster. There is nothing that you and I and God can't handle. Somehow these words have stuck with me as a battle cry when I feel scared of what life is throwing my way. And every now and then I'll turn to my husband and say, don't worry, sweetheart, there is nothing that you and I and God can't handle. Because none of us can handle life struggles alone. But when we recognize that we're not alone, that we have help, both in the form of family and friends and in the form of cultivating a relationship with a higher power, our fears shrink and somehow become manageable. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, 
to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.